What a do, golf fans. Welcome back to the Turn Darks Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. Jack, welcome back. We had a great week in golf. Genesis Invitational. Hideki Matsuyama out of left field on Sunday. Mm. Don't call it a comeback. What's Six shots back. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, shout out to Hideki Matsuyama. He is the has the most wins of any Asian-born PGA Tour golfer in history now. Um, he was tied with KJ Choi, so that's tremendous and good for him. Um, and as an Iowa Hawkeye, this is hard to say, but he might be the only golfer in the world that can pull off yellow like he does. Um, he looks really good um, in that pause. Um, but it was great. It was great to see Will Zalatoris in the final um, round leaderboard there. That was awesome. Um, once again, we saw Cantlay cannot close. Um, I, I did see some stuff that he was battling with an injury or an illness, and he kind of woke up, but it's been a couple weeks in a row. Um, Xander kind of fitting in that same mold, maybe that partnership together. They kind of just didn't fumble through with a couple weekends in a row. Um, but it was a great week outside of one, one particular thing, but you know, great week all, all together. I wonder who you could potentially be talking about. Well, uh. since you asked, um, <laughs> he is, um, his middle, his middle name is Tonto. He's a uh, Tiger Woods. Um, he, I don't know if I'm buying the illness to be honest. And that's even yeah. coming from me. Yeah. He, he looked okay on Thursday. There were obviously some stuff going on. There were mistakes that he was making that led into, I think six bogeys. And, you know, for anybody that's watched tiger for 15 years, that's part of his game. Unfortunately, he's really wild with the driver. He's really wild with a lot of shots, but those were some dumb mistakes that he made. And I think competitive rounds are the only way to kind of fix that. But he looked like he was in some serious pain on Friday that could be illness related. I don't know if he was getting cramps or whatnot, but he didn't look good. Um, and I, I feel bad for the guy because he is going through physical and mental hell just to play golf. Yeah, it, it was it was brutal to see. Um, again, once he once he got in the cart on Friday, I put his hand in his head. I was like, oh, I feel so bad for that. guy. Yeah, it's it's really tough, but. I think going forward, there's just no way you could throw Tiger in any, you know, you lineup, lineup, betting card, et cetera. You say that. I say that until I see him play four rounds again. If, if he can play four rounds in his next tournament, then then he ends up back into the same field he was before this week at the Genesis. But if the guy, can't, if it, I think in his last four tournaments, he hasn't, he's withdrawn from three of them. Hey, like, hey, 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 hey. I'm hey, just saying, like, just just know I'm betting him at 125 to one on the Masters still. I I understand, you're in. I understand people are still gonna bet him, but until until he can finish a tournament without having to withdraw, I would I would generally avoid him. I'd yeah. still root for him. I'd still root for him as a person. Hope he does well. If he wins, that's even better. I just want but to have that thrill one more time, man. As a, as a gambler. I'm avoiding him. Um, he was not the only one that had to uh, to leave the golf course early. Uh, do, do we want to talk a little bit about Jordan Spieth? Uh, so that not, is an interesting not, one. Not knowing how to sign a scorecard? Well, okay, so there's a little bit more information to that. So yeah. anybody living under a rock, Jordan Spieth signed an incorrect scorecard. He put a three instead of a four, um, got obviously disqualified from the tournament. So some more information has come out. So Michael Kim chimed in and said that 95% of the time, if there's any sort of discrepancy, they go to the on course or the person 
I don't know if you, for anybody that's done competitive golf or the tournament, the person that holds the sign, there's oftentimes a person next to them with a radio that's keeping track of the score and sending that off to the base camp or whoever's keeping track. And they will refer to that person. So there's a chance that they were going over the scores and that person gave an incorrect score. Um, And then Xander Shoffley had an interesting comment that he laid his scorecard down, went to the restroom and came back and he was disqualified. So there's a lot of stuff floating around. Um, I don't know what really is the case here. My opinion on it, I understand rules. I understand that penalties need to be in play, but Jordan Spieth is not a guy that the PGA Tour should be disqualifying right now. They need guys that bring in eyeballs to events like this, and it should be a penalty um, instead of a a disqualification, in my opinion. You think they lose a stroke based on on what their their score oh, would have been otherwise? More. I think it two? should have been maybe two or three because okay. it is a disqualification worthy um, yeah. rule. I mean, that's something we're taught in junior golf from those dumb tests that they make you take. But yep. I don't know, man. I don't think that a withdrawal of a top five name in a tournament like that can be accept- or acceptable. No, I um I totally get it. Again, it it with those details that kind of came out, it 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 makes it a little funky, and yeah. I'm cur- I'm curious what kind of digging and potential changes they'll make because of it, or if any, I guess for that matter. Uh, but it's unfortunate to see. I think he was he was gonna make the cut right around what even par, maybe plus one. Yeah, he was doing fine. He was okay. Um, but he was doing all right. Again, I'm I'm quite happy about the top of the leaderboard personally. Um, seeing Hideki win is great. Seeing Will Zalatoris up there is also great. Seeing Cantlay struggle, admittedly, because I didn't have him on Sunday, uh, was kind of nice as well. And then obviously you had, you know, Scotty and a few other guys all kind of rattled up there in the top 10 or so. So um, anything else you want to talk about this week? Anybody that stood out in terms of, you know, maybe bad play or anything like that? For well, me, I mean, talk guy, about but... it. Yeah. First of all, I don't think anybody saw that coming from Justin Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Fitzy was another guy that was down there. That's um, what I was going to talk just, about. Yeah, it was just Fitzy. I mean, he should have fit the mold for that course, bread and butter, and he just really didn't show out. Um, yeah. And everyone's talking on golf Twitter right now how Scotty Scheffler finishing 10th is bad. And yep. that's just a testament to how freaking good that guy is. If you're finishing 10th and it's a bad week, holy moly. Well, in Rory, too, I think, at, uh, on Thursday, at the end of the day, he was, what, T-63? Yeah, he went, like, eagle birdie just to try and fight for it. Like, it was bad. Yeah, he did not He did not play very well Thursday. He played decent enough Friday to make the cut. Um, and then he slowly worked his way up, but it, he never really got up there to, to really contend. It was always going to be a kind of a middling Rory performance, just in, yeah. in terms of price points. Um, all right, let's uh, let's cruise on and let's check out DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, how'd your DraftKings lineup do this past week? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, just just just. Well, my top guy on DraftKings was Justin Thomas, um, mm. so that wasn't great. I think my best guy in that whole lineup was Eric Cole, um, and he finished like I think he was might a T10, T15. Um, okay. That didn't do too well. Um, and then FanDuel, I had Justin Thomas just the same. Um, I had some stuff going on last week, so golf, I kind of just scrambled something together and called it a day. Uh, but there has been research put into this week, so we're good now. Definitely. Yeah. Minwoo, Minwoo also didn't play that great last week, right? I see him in your DraftKings lineup. God, it's so confusing because he's done, 
weirdly bad, but like making cuts on the PGA tour, even though he should be playing a lot better. I, I, I remember somebody had a post on it. They're like, Minwoo Lee is like the worst looking decent golfer on tour right now where like he's yeah. making he's making cuts but he's not really getting those like yeah, he's top like 20 top 20 top 30 plays 30 second overall in the world and he's finishing on average at like 48th place it's unacceptable yeah. yeah it's not it's not a good look especially for somebody his caliber um well hopefully you can the uh the jt thing is behind you this week and and, and everybody this week is going to be good yeah um again that was a, that was a tough one for a lot of people you have to ride that until the, the train falls off the way you know yeah yeah definitely um, as far as my DraftKings and FanDuel, pretty much my lineups were super identical. Um, I had Homa on both. He was T16. Morikawa on both. He was T19. Um, Auberg in both. He was also T19. I had Will Zalatoris and DraftKings. That was great. Love that. Um, I had Adam Scott and FanDuel. I had Benny on in both. And then I had Sam Ryder in both. Um, I made money on on both DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel only in double ups because, again, I had basically four you know, three guys T19, two guys T16, which isn't isn't flashy, but I guess five guys top 20 is something it that works. You, can, you can work with. Uh, Sam Ryder missed a cut, but again, he was the minimum price. Turns out that that I think Seamus Power and uh, Chase Johnson both made the cut on the 6,000. I couldn't believe, Ch- oh, geez, I couldn't believe Chase Johnson made the cut. Good for that guy. It, it, it was crazy. I knew one of them was going to make the cut. Turns out I just picked the the, the one guy that missed it out of the Johnson three. Johnson does not play at this caliber of an event, number yeah. one. Yep. Nor does he play on, you know, PGA Tour pressure. So yeah. to go from APGA to this is mind-blowing. I have all the respect in the world for that. They they showed the amount of money he got. He was like in last place they after like eighty thousand something like that. Yeah, he made eighty k, which was like on average what he would make for like two years, and for a nor- for normal tour. Apparently, golf which, is not pretty unless you're winning. Which yeah, which is crazy, but like it's it, it's super impressive for a guy. Um, again, I theoretically I pick one of the other guys that's not Sam Ryder, and yeah. I make even play even better there. But what it could have should I still made money on both. Can't really complain. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going into bets. Gosh, I so mad because the guys I had the most confidence in screwed me this week. Um, like Justin Thomas not being top twenty yeah. um was crazy. Um JT Poston top four. Oh, sorry, I flipped my bets right there. Um Min Woo Lee top forty being a loss, Eric Cole top forty being a winner. Um hold on, my notes are way off. I think because- you I think you're on the wrong week. Scroll down. Yeah, I, I am. I, I was going to say, I have Justin Thomas, top 20, minus 134 is a loss. Can't lay T20, minus 150 is a winner. Yeah, so you know what happened. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> this is embarrassing. I'm going to be honest. So I have what I'm working on right now is a Mac, and yeah. the computer I use for my notes is a Dell. So when I scroll like this, it goes up on one and down on another. <laughs> so when you asked me for my DraftKings and FanDuel earlier, I was looking at the waste management. Um, you, you still you still have JT in FanDuel, um, but you d- you didn't have him in DraftKings. But you did have Tiger Woods in DraftKings. Yeah, which, that hurt. Which didn't help you. So in, bo- in both lineups, you you missed out on somebody that would have been pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then now we'll, now we'll cruise into your bets. Now I'll get to the real information. I was really confused. I was like, huh. Um, JT top 20, that was a loss. I was riding that till like I said, it fell off. Can't mm-hmm. play top 20 was a winner. Kurt Kiyama top 40 was a winner. Those odds were criminal, though. Um, TW 
or Tiger Woods top 40 plus 110. That was a loss. Um, plus 110 for top 40. His made cut number on DraftKings, I think, was like minus 110. Um, Auburn top 20, that was a winner. Uh, Nikolai Hoyard top 30 was a loss by like one shot. It was so annoying. Chris Kirk top 30 was a loss, and Nick Taylor top 40 was a winner. Minus 1.39 units, embarrassingly, only up 30.08 units on the year. So I'm sorry, everybody. Rough week, rough week. I I I I can't pay the mortgage. Tish tish. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> um, all right. As far as my bets, I want to point this out. Um, Jack, this we did squat ride. Ludwig Auberg, top 20, minus 120. So that was a that was a nice one for both of us. Uh, so if you've been following, usually when we both bet the same guy on the same number for the same finish. Uh, I think we'd be, we usually end up losing that one. Last probably year it was like four for 50 or something like that. It was like 2%. Yeah. I, th- I, I was going to say about one in t- one in 10, maybe one in eight. We'd hit on those. Mm-hmm. So the fact, the fact that we hit Auburn so early in the season and we both had him is great. Yeah. Um, so that was a nice win for me. Max Homa 18th or better at minus 120. He finished 16th. Nice win. Barely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take it. Uh, Will Zalatoris top 30 minus 163. Again, that was great. Love to see him do well. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick over Tommy Fleetwood plus 100. Again, it should have gone. I, I'm okay losing it because I, I won a lot more, but that one was a weird one for me. Um, I had Scotty Shuffler over Rory McIlroy at minus 120. That was a nice win. Um, I had Colin Morikawa 19th or better at minus 120. He finished 19th. So, uh, by the way, that last, what was it like seven holes were yep. awful. He started off, I think four or five under and then went like bogey and then had some terrible pars to finish out. Yeah, it, it wasn't pretty. That one was mm-hmm. definitely a sweat. Um, but Hey, again, 19th or better. And he got 19th. Uh, so we'll take it. And then again, Ludwig Auber top 20 guy finished 19th as well. Um, so I went five for six on the week, um, up, up 2.93 units. Um, so I'm now currently uh, positive 5.08 units, which you love to see. Yeah. If you're going to follow bets, um, 35 point, what is that math? One, six units up in the 2024 golf season between the two of us. I mean, if that's not a reason to start paying attention every single week, checking socials, watching the pod. I don't know what is. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out well. Um, now, unfortunately, Jack last week, uh, did not have winners picks in and I kind of gave him two winners picks. Um, I won't count them against him in terms of his three uses for the year. Um, but admittedly, I, I think I picked two people that you don't dislike, you know, I didn't give you, I don't know, Seamus power and Sam Ryder and, yeah. and, Sam, and Sam Ryder. Like I gave, I gave you two guys at least be liked. Um, and Auburn did well. I'll say that. I'll give one of your guys. Yeah, I'm not mad at it. Um, I'm not going to go into it, but I, like Liam had probably mentioned, I had some personal stuff going on. So golf was at the back of my mind, but I probably stole what it chose Tiger Woods. Um, okay. I'm not not getting pretty good. I don't think I'm getting three uses of the Tiger. Um, yeah, I don't think probably throwing him as in Augusta. You can't count that guy out. I don't care if that guy's got prosthetic legs. He knows Augusta like the back of his hand. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, uh, T19 out of Ludwig, uh, withdraw out of Tiger. Uh, my winner's picks were pretty solid this week, all things considered. Um, Adam Scott, who who really was all over the leaderboard for a while, finished T19. And then again, uh, Will Zell Torres T2. 
uh, for a guy that is, is, has been injured as much as he is and has been all over the place. I don't know if I'm ever going to get a better finish out of, out of, than T2 out of Los Altores for the year. His putting stroke looked really good Sunday, too. It was. Uh, it looked like it wasn't the worst putting stroke on tour anymore, which is great. Scotty I mean, and Salatoris need to pair up together. It's it's going to be interesting now. If, I, if, said, if, I said in the pod last year, too, I was like, if Will Zalatoris goes to Brad Faxon and fixes his putter, he's going to be dangerous. I don't know if he did that, but if he did, I'm taking credit for it. I think he, I think he went to somebody to fix his putter. I remember hearing yeah, that he, after his back surgery, he, uh, he spent like three months just working on putting with one of the coaches. All I don't can remember do. who. So, all right. Um, wildcard picks. You got a winner this week. I did. I picked the winning score to be between minus 14 and minus 18. Um, and that was a winner at plus 180. So I really love that. Took a look at the stats, took a look at former winners, um, scores around there and weather conditions. And I figured we were probably going to see, I thought it was going to be honestly 15 under. Um, yep. Thank you, Hideki, for making it 17, though. Yeah, there you go. Um, for me, I had Matt Kuchar, top 20 at plus 320. That was a loss. Again, I said last week on the pod, um, he was either going to finish top 10 or miss the cut. And he missed the cut. So my uh, my math checked out. I just picked the wrong side as far as as far as far Kuchar goes. So it's okay. That's why it was a wild pick more than anything else. So. All right, we're about to leave one of the one of the better fields as far as talent goes to the year to arguably one of the worst. Uh, we I took a to, look at that field. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to the Mexico Open at Vedanta. Um, let's just say you could call this the Mexico Open at Vedanta. You could call this the Tony Finau Open. Um, oh, that's Detroit, baby. Ah, but there's better talent in Detroit as far as that goes, so... You got that right. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be a brutal week. You, you're going to have to dig into the weeds. You're not going to have, you know, the JTs and the the Jordan Spieth and everybody else here to make your betting lives Should have been Zalatoris. He just withdrew last night, rightfully so. He probably didn't want to make that trip. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, all right, so so Mexico Open, it's par 71, totaling 7,450 yards. Um, this is a very, like, resort-style course. So it's going to play extremely easy, and the winning score is going to be somewhere in the realm of 22 to 27 under par. Um, this course is actually normally built out as a par 73, but they're basically they're taking two par fours and turning them into par threes. No. Yeah, and then so there's only three par fives. Um, yes. And then the normal, what they do is kind of like what you had said. They may have made, um, you know, a 245 yard par four, a par three or they may have taken a 502-yard par 5 and made it a 4. I think that's what it was. Um, but they took two of the holes, made them, made them shorter pars for the pros. Um, and in all honesty, it really won't matter. They will still score plenty easy on this. There is a drivable par 4 on here as well. There's Brandon Matthews when you need him. Well, there's a Brandon Matthews light that's going to be in the field this week. And and, and we, we will I will get there at a certain point in time. Um, but he's an interesting choice if you want to go that route. Uh, one of the things to note, uh, there's going to be extremely generous fairways, uh, which will give an advantage to bombers this week. The fairways range between 40 and 50 yards, um, depending on most on the whole for most holes, um, which explains kind of why in the books you expect Finau, Hoyard, Keith Mitchell and Jaeger kind of to be the top of the numbers. Um, over 60% of approach shots come from 175 yards or further. And when you kind of dig into the metrics, nine of the top 11 correlated stats this week are all based on approach. The other two are based on, on basically driving. Yeah. The reason uh, the putting is, um, 
discounted here is because it's past vellum. Uh, basically, it's just a very sandy, grainy green, so it's going to be a lot slower compared to a normal tour green. So it's going to look like probably comparison to if your local club was having a tour championship or a club championship and they cut it down really thin, that's what it's going to play like. Yeah, so um, putting this week is going to be fluky. Don't worry if you have somebody who's not really the best known putter because, um, again, guys that aren't always best putters can still play really well here. All right. Um, outside of that, do you just want to dig into the to the DraftKings lineups here? Because I, I have a ton of information, but I I more of it will come out as we dig further into more of these guys in these ranges. Why don't you go ahead and start us off, Kiss, with the arguable most ridiculous DraftKings pricing <laughs> in human history. I kind of love it. I'm going to loop together the 12s of the 11s and the 10s, by the way, because there's still only five. Mm. Are you cool with that? Are you cool with me yeah. looping together those five? That's five. fine. It's all terrible anyway. Uh, so we're starting with Tony Finau at 12,000, and it goes all the way to Tom, uh, Thomas Dietry at 10,100. Uh, yeah, so I understand the grasp to go Tony Finau right away. Yep. I just think it's crazy. Um, so I'm going to spend the next minute here talking about two other guys. Number one's Nikolai Hoyard. Um, cool. I, he's the second highest OWGR in the field. Again, debate for another day on what OWGR stands for. But he's dominated um, 18 for 19 on cuts on the last like calendar year. He's just really, really stepped up. Um, transition from the DP World Tour to PGA Tour hasn't been amazing, um, but he's had some couple 30 finishes and whatnot um, and runner up at the Farmers. But let me just tell you, take a look at the field of Farmers, AT&T, and Genesis, and then take a look at the Mexico Open at Vedanta. No disrespect to anybody in here, because those guys would all run through me and lap me on a golf course, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. But you're taking a look at the second highest OWGR at a discount of $1,300 right away. That's going to bankroll you from getting one of those local guys at $5,800 to now looking at maybe a $7,400 guy. You know, there's a guy like that, and I really like that. Um, not the longest hitter by any means, but he, he's got the juice, and I really like that guy. Yeah, I, we didn't really state it to start it off, but one of the interesting things that DraftKings did this week was they um, adjusted pricing to go for, that the stone minimum is now at 5000 So it's it's going to add a little more um, flexibility slash volatility. You're going to see some of your high value, depending on how high you play. If you play a dollar, you're probably going to be right on the middle line. Yep. You might see some of these, if you play like, you know, a thousand dollar entry or anything like that, you're probably going to see one of those guys down there and go, who the heck is that? And somebody's taking a flyer trying to get those placement points. Yeah. And it it, it usually will work on a course like this. Um, Again, this course has only been. Uh, PGA tour court like level course for two years now. Um, but each of the last two years, there has been somebody in that, you know, bottom 500 point range in terms of yeah. cost that has come up and basically finished top 20. Um, so somebody's going to do it. You just kind of have to figure out who you want to take the chance on. Yeah. Which is um, scary. And that's a big risk and a big, it's a scary big challenge. I may have a name down there, but um, staying up here at the top, the other guy, Thornbjorn Olsen, if you um, don't live under a rock, you know who this is. If you don't, you're like, who the heck is this Danish guy that's 10,300? I don't know who this guy is. He's a rock star. He's supposed to be the next up-and-coming thing in the DP World Tour, and has kind of held his own struggles. He's kind of like a little bit like Sam Burns, which is going to be in that top 10 range or kind of fall off right around the cut line. Um, in the World Tour, he's just been absolutely dominating it. 
um, I think is like three or four top tens in his last five starts. Guy's rocking the ball and he's a bomber. So 10,300 for a guy like that, um, or 10,000, yeah, 10,300. Yeah. I think in my opinion, trying to get, you can probably even get both those guys to start your lineup and save on a guy like Tony Fino and then jumping down to an EVR. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to start it I, again. I think Tony Fino is the class of this field. Oh yeah. Um, he's, he's got the best record on this golf course. He's a great course fit. Um, you could argue that he doesn't have the best form coming into this event, but the last two years he's finished second and first. Um, again, that was against John Rahm, who's now on live. So he can't play on this event. Um, so I, yeah, which is unfortunate. Jack's giving the thumbs down, but, uh, you know, it, with him gone again, I think it's Tony Finau has just a chance to go to the moon. He's played bad coming into this event before. It doesn't matter. He seems to yeah. find find it at this course. I don't know if it's because he takes the whole family on vacation to Mexico and just decides to play. He takes them everywhere, dude. He does, but like taking them all to Mexico is that's got to be fun for the expenses. Um, but again, I think I think, I think they're doing just fine. Well, yeah, 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 I think he is too, but it's still not fun on the expenses. Uh, but I think Tony Finau, again, I, as high as he is at twelve thousand, he's he's a viable option if you want to get there. Um, Emiliano Grillo, it, it, like, it doesn't make sense for me no. why he's here. Um, he's played well at this event, so I get it. I think he finished sixth here last year and then right around 30th the year before. This is the kind of guy that does well when he's in the, like, right at the bottom 7K range, and there's not a lot of expectation on him. He he can do well on this course, but for him to pay out at an 11100 price, he's basically got to be, what, top 15? Maybe top, maybe top 20. Yeah. And, I understand and that's kind of his ceiling. The form he's coming in, um, yeah. you know, he's got like, what is it? One, two, three, three top 20 finishes in his last five. And one was a 22. Yep. But that is a ridiculous price considering you're looking at Hoyard, Olison, Dietrich. I just, if you flip, if you put Grio at 10,100, I can give you an argument, but the second highest guy, that's criminal. It's criminal. It, I, I I think based on the amount of, of performance here, I think Hoyard could be 11-1. I think Jaeger could probably go up to 10-7 and nobody would question it because Jaeger's been up that high in other in other tournaments as well. And then I think if you take Grio and you put him in at right around like that 99, 98 price, I think that's the spot he should be personally. Yeah, you're but probably going to see Jaeger at 10,700, like the JDC or something. Yeah, in, in, in one of these other like, you know, weak, quote unquote weaker events, depending on who you ask. But so that that's why it's funky to me to see him this high up. I, I yeah. There's very little opportunity for him to approve upon the price that he cost. Um, I'll mention Dietrich. Um, he's got three straight top 30 results. Uh, which included a chance to win at kind of at Torrey Pines. The biggest concern for Dietrich, if you have any, is that he's lost strokes on approach in each of his last three starts. Um, it's not, you know, make or break. Like, I still think he'll make the cut, but I think it it hurts his upside. Um, Jack and I have talked a lot about Dietrich. He's usually a guy that finishes right around, you know, T30 to T50. Um, and I just don't know if he has that necessarily win equity on this style of course, especially considering again his approach probably hasn't been on peak performance recently. Yeah, Dietrich's one of those interesting ones. Um because he's coming into it with really good form and yeah. he's head and shoulders above a lot of the guys in the field. Approach number is a little scary. Yeah. I will give you that. But I think that coming into it with form, he's put himself in a chance to win. I think this could be a really good event that he kind of maybe gets even over that hump. 
um, and gets in another leaderboard finish come Sunday. I don't, I don't know about a win. I'd be happy for it because, you know, I've talked about Dietrich like 35 in the last 60 weeks. But yeah. um, I don't know. I like it. But two top 10s and like, what, 15 starts in the, his last 15? It's not great. Yeah. Um, but I think he's getting there. I think he's getting a little more confidence. I, I think he's the safety valve. If you want somebody who's going to make a cut and finish somewhere in the realm of 15th to 40th, he's your mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. But again, I just don't see the upside. And if I'm paying 10K, I want to I want a guy that I think can win. That's fair. All right. Um, into the 9K range we go. Um, we have Keith Mitchell at 9,900, all the way down to Mark Hubbard at the $9,000 number. Well, homeless however, no offense, he shouldn't be here. Um, Keith Mitchell, I call him the GOAT just for fun because um, he's awesome. Um, if you ever heard his interviews with Sung J.M. talking about American football in Georgia, it's awesome. He's a really good guy. He rocks the visor and those mint pants that are hard to look at. He's coming into it with the most strokes gain on the PGA Tour this season in 2024. Um, course suits him really well. He's a bomber. A lot of the courses that he struggles at is when really thick rough comes into play, and that's not going to be the case this week. You take a look at the Farmers, which was his last really bad performance. That's really terrible, thick, grabby rough. It's kind of like if you're in tight, if everyone's planted sod before and they know that string, that yellow net that's underneath, that's what playing in Torrey Pines rough is. So events like that that really come into play, he's going to struggle at. But I yeah. think the goat Keith Mitchell is really going to dominate. Um, and then just below him, Taylor Pendrith. Let me just say this you take a look at his DraftKings, you see like 950, 10. He has, and I have a note here that I'll say it um, in just a little bit again. In um, his last seven, or yeah, his last 13 events, he has seven top 15s and six mixed cuts or miscuts. So there's volatility. But again, oh, yeah. this is the worst field he's going to play in all year by a county mile. Outside of maybe like the John Deere or the Bermuda, if he plays neither oh, of those. Or... No, dude, those are going to be so much better. Um, I think, but, um, and then you can never count out my guy, Rio Hisasune. Um, he's a baller. He's dominating in the OWGR points right now. He's skyrocketed. Um, he's young. You're going to see him on tour, hopefully for like the next 15 years. Yeah. Um, not the longest hitter on tour, but his iron play um, is just unbelievable. And his scrambling numbers are like top five in the world. He he came in like a fireball the first couple of weeks, uh, like especially right around Sony. He's, quote unquote, cooled it off, depending on who you ask. You know, he's not contending for wins as much anymore, um, which, again, I don't anticipate he will, you know, every week anyways. Uh, but he's kind of settled in and I'm, I'm quite comfortable with this price here if you want to get to it. Again, I don't know if this is yeah. a course that necessarily suits him perfectly, um, but but I don't blame you if you go to him. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to talk about a couple of guys you already mentioned. Uh, Keith Mitchell has three top 30 finishes and five starts this year, including a tied for 17th in the Waste Management in Phoenix. You kind of talked about it. Again, he's an elite driver of the golf ball, and he's got elite approach play. Biggest weakness, putter. You can get past that here. Um, Taylor Pendrith, uh, he ranks eighth in the field in carry distance and 10th in strokes gained off the tee. Uh, Jack kind of talked about it, though. The guy's either going to finish top 20 or miss the cut. Um, so he's going to be extremely volatile. If you're in single entries and you need somebody that has the upside, he's he's a pretty good option to get to. Um, but again, there's just the volatility there that 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 scares me. Um, Brandon Wu, he has some of the best course history on this course outside of Ram and Finau, as well as some of the best stats. 
Um, if you take out the bad weather he dealt with at Waste Management, he was a part of the group that, you know, got stuck in the rain with all the garbage. Um, he is five for six on making the cut with three top 30s coming into here. So he's got good form. And then again, if you look at his, at his last finishes, he's finished third and second here in the two years this event has taken Pretty place. Pretty dang good. So I'm quite comfortable with him, especially at 9,100, kind of down here in the bottom. Um, I think he's he's a he's a valid option to get to. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't hate anybody in this range. It's definitely weird to see a guy like Rio, who's normally like 6,800, go jump to 9,200. Yeah. Um, you know, Mackenzie Hughes and EVR are both playing well. It's not, I don't think you can necessarily. I think if you're about 85, 8,600 dollars and above. There's nothing that I'm going. You should not play this guy in this event because everybody below 8,600 is a stepladder below in competition. Now, granted, there's going to be cases for everybody, but the top 15 guys are going to be, I bet 10 of them finish within the top 30. Yeah, I, I agree. With you. I, I think as far as Pendrith goes, if you want somebody that's boom bust, I have I personally have a guy in the 6K range I like. I have a guy in the 5K range that I don't hate either on that. I wouldn't necessarily waste waste a guy at 90, what is he, 96, 9,700, um, as, as, as a pot- potential high upside play, I want somebody with win equity, but also just a little, little yeah. bit of safety on the back end as well. Uh, we didn't really talk about Steven Yeager. He also is like a similar style. Keith Mitchell, he, he finished third at the farmers. He finished 71st at the AT&T Pebble beach. He should fit this course. Well, but he equally just like Grio tends to play better when expectations are lower on him. I don't have any statistical reason why he's not a good option this week, but just based on previous times of him being in this similar of a situation, he just doesn't perform to the expectations ex- expected of him. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're on the same po- same boat there. Uh, let's dig into the 8K range. We got Davis Thompson all the way down to Austin Ekro. Yeah, so a couple guys in this range that are going to be really interesting. Number one um, is Jake Knapp. Um, yep. Burst yep. onto the scene a couple weeks ago, and that guy freaking hits the ball a mile. My only concern, and a lot of young players talk about this, is they get into a little bit of a groove, and then there's an event like this that comes up. I think Jordan Speed talked about it was coming up. Justin Thomas did the same. There's an event that you put yourself to go, now I think I can win this. There's always an event. And when you put the pressure and expectations on yourself, sometimes it flops. And I'm not saying he's done that, but a lot of players on the come up have mentioned something along those lines. And it is a little scary to me that this field is, again, no disrespect to anybody in here, is very low. So if you're going to pick a guy in this 8K range for me, um, I think a lot of these guys are extremely volatile. I am leaning a little bit more toward Doug Gim. He is riding in with tremendous performance. And like we talked about last year at this time, waste management. And then a couple weeks before he dominates some weird events, he dominates. And then you'll see him pop off in like the U S open. So you got to pick and choose your moments here. Yeah. Gim didn't, I don't think he made the cut here in his last time out. And again, he's been a little sporadic to start the year, but he's another guy that I think he, he has the tour pedigree that he should be okay in this type of a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Davis Thompson is a bit of an option. Where's my notes on him? What's he got going on? Uh, so he's again, an incredibly power driver of the golf ball. 
Um, he ranks third in this field in strokes gained off the tee, which is crazy. Um, he used to be a number one amateur in the world. Wait, right? That He was a number one amateur in the world? I don't remember him being the number one am in the world. It's possible. Am rankings over the last five years have flip-flopped dramatically with But he's Liv, up there, right? Like um, top five? He was up there. He was one of okay. the last golfers to contend as an amateur. Got it. Maybe that. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of as far as the uh, as far as the finishing goes. So again, with the power power on the behind the golf ball off the tee, he's an option. He's probably not my favorite option. I actually really like Jake Knapp. Um, at 8,700, he's top 50 on tour in approach, driving distance, and putting. Um, and again, he's on an absolute heater. So I'm happy with him this week in a relatively weak field. I I thought that he might have been the same price as like Eric Van Rooyen at 9,500. So the fact that he's 8,700 is great because I think he's the, probably the bottom of that same tier. You know, you get you get him, Davis Thompson, Brandon Wu are probably those last three guys in that in that top tier. You can include Doug Gim in that too if you want. Kim Reaper. Yep. Uh, Cam Champ, 8,600. He's uh he's basically Taylor Pendrith, but a thousand dollars cheaper in my opinion. That's that's basically what you're getting there. I won't dig too much farther into it. Guy hits the ball a country mile. You don't know if he's finishing first or last. Yeah, so. he really started off so well, though. You know, he put those couple 20 finishes back to back. It was really well. But um, he scares me a little bit. He's volatile. Uh, I can't I can say the same thing about Pendrith. Yep. Um, I trust Pendrith a little more because he's been there and proven it on finishing some leaderboards. But a little bit of a discount's never going to be bad. Um, below him, Charlie Hoffman. Yep. I am sorry, but if you're taking him, you're just riding form. That guy does not hit it far. He's got a three-quarter chip shot swing. So when you, uh, you know Cam Champ is hitting a seven iron, that guy's probably hitting a four hybrid. So you're just losing accuracy. And I don't know the numbers offhand for his 175 and up approach play, but it cannot be good enough to play this. No, it's 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 not spectacular. I I dug into his driving distance and he was like bottom third on tour. And I was like, all right, well, that's all I need to know about about Chuck Nasty, Charlie Hoffman. Um, so we're going to leave him there. Um, in my opinion, one of the potentially most mispriced guys in terms of him being too low is probably Maverick McNeely. Um, if this was Maverick McNeely from a year or two ago, he would have been Emiliano Grillo's price. So the fact that he's 8,000 is, I think is a pretty good discount. I think he's only this low personally because of injury. Um, is this the perfect course for him? No, cause he's a little bit more of a putter. Um, but he's got plenty of distance where he's needed, and his irons are just fine as well. Um, and again, the the big thing now is that he's healthy, um, and he has three straight top 40s, including a sixth at the waste management coming into the event. So I think at 80 at 8100, he could probably be your third, potentially fourth guy. If again, that's a name that's a name I know and a name I feel pretty comfortable with being my third or fourth guy, and I think that's the important part there. That's fair. Um, last guy I'll mention is Austin Eckroat. Um, he's finished 40 seconds. Good looking gentleman. Good looking gentleman. Yep. Uh, finished 42nd or better in five of his last six PGA tour starts. He's got great driving distance, distance metrics for this course. He's just a valid option. If you want to get to him at that AK point, um, I, it seems to be that I made a lot of test lineups to, you know, throughout the day to kind of figure out what made sense. And I kept ending up in this low 8k range. So I would, I've been trying to find a couple guys I like because I have a gut feeling I won't be the only one that ends up in the uh, in this area where I'm trying to find someone. Yeah, and he uh, played at Oklahoma State, so you know they're used to that sandy grain grass. So could pay yep. off on the greens. I know putting is not the biggest metric in the world, but if you're looking for a separator, there it is. 
yeah, I, I think uh, I think he's kind of the at the end of another tier break in my opinion, where there's you know you start to get into basically shoot from the hip and hope you get lucky with a, with a lot of these guys. Yeah. Uh, all right, into the seven K range we go. We have S H Kim at seventy nine hundred, all the way down to Robert. Fair, yeah. Wow, Robert McIntyre is seven thousand in this field. Yeah. Um, ah, let me just say real quick, this is a scary 7k yeah um there's only one guy that i'm sticking my reputation behind his name is sam stevens yep same Um, guy (laughs) yep he's made the cut um four and four events in 2024 it's not the season the year um he's 18th on tour and approaching 200 plus he's actually 12th in distance on carry um i have a bet on him so i'm going to save a couple more metrics that i'm going to read into so stick around and keep listening for that um, you could, I have no issue, J.J. Spawn, who was the number one in bogey avoidance in the entire calendar year last year. He was really good. Um, Grayson Sig has a possibility to bounce back, not looking great. Robert McIntyre, I don't know why he's 7K, should be higher. Um, I don't know offhand his statistics on a very flat resort-style course, um, but 7K for a guy like that who's going to be 8,500 at the Open's criminal. Yeah, he hasn't been playing well, so I think that's why they're throwing him down here to try and draw up some uh, some interest in picking him, which I totally get. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm high on Sam Stevens, too. Again, he's 7,100 in this field. On a normal field with, like, again, you know, 25 of the top 30, the guy is 7,000. So his, his price point in a weak field on a course that doesn't necessarily fit him perfectly, but fits him pretty well, he does best on longer courses. Um, if you look, some of his worst finishes are like RSM Classic, Sony Open, like short courses where you got to be like really, you know, dialed, tuned in, like, yeah. yeah, tuned in to what you're looking for. Those are his worst finishes on tour. When he can sit out here and just crush the golf ball a little bit and hang out, that's when he plays best. Um, so I love him at 7,100. Um, other guys in like that high 7k range that are options. Um, if you're just looking for somebody that's got that kind of driving distance upside, um, you got SH Kim, Nate Lashley, Alejandro Tosti and Johnny Vegas. They all come with their own set of drawbacks on why they're not my favorite options. Um, but again, on a, on a week where driving distance is super important, I think those guys are are options. I think I would probably go with SH Kim or, or maybe a toasty than, than the either, t- than the other two. But again, I'd prefer none of them respectfully. Give me, give me yeah. Sam. Stevens. Get me out of here. <laughs> Get me out of here. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, let me think, is there, is there anybody else in this range that even peeks in? No, not really. No, I Jesus. Mean, the only guy, I mean, Nate Lashley, he is yeah. a guy that I'm fading like the wind. Um, this is the first guy that I'm going to tell you not to play. Um, he has only looked good in one week this year. Yeah. He has looked criminally bad. The only time he played well was farmers and that's position play. Um, and he really played that to perfection outside of that. He has just been all over the place. Yeah. So at a course now that that accuracy is condensed, I don't think this is the play for him. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at Goddard up cause I was like, maybe Goddard up's an option, but the guys missed three of his last four cuts. He's known for, for his putter, which, which doesn't mean anything yeah. here. If he go back to KFT. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, doesn't mean an absolute thing. So yeah, I would, I would go Sam Stevens or I would try and get up to, to, you know, 8k range and get Eckert, McNeely, Michael Kim, one of those yeah. guys instead. Play a safe lineup. Just start at 9k and try to feed it off there. 
there you go. Well, there's there's other ways you can avoid that range and, and not to give too much of my lineup away, but there's ways to avoid it. Yeah. Uh, um. All right. Into the 6K range we go. We've got Tyler Duncan all the way down to oh, yeah. Kevin, Cha- Kevin Chappell. Kevin Chappell's? Oh, sorry. I forgot it goes down to 5K. I'm like, yeah. So let's just be really real here. Yep. There are some guys in here like Parker Cootie who if you watched golf, he dominated for one week and sucks the rest. There's going to be a guy in here like Garrick Higo that you see dominate once a year and you remember the name and you're going to pick him. This is a very scary spot. And I think there's going to be, there's a lot of traps here for a lot of people that started off with like a Tony Finau and then tried to pair it with uh, Nikolai Hoyard. Someone's going to dump down here and try to pick a name that they recognize. Um, Dumont's going to be another one. Yep. One of the guys that I think really stands out for me, um, his name is Jorge Campillo. Now, um, he's 109th in the OWGR. He's played five events in 2024 already. Um, he's Last time he played golf, finished fifth in the Qatar Masters. So he, his DraftKings, I don't know why it is not up to date on what he's done in the DP World Tour and on the Mexican Tour. Um, but... Um, he should be able to compete. You know, he's playing on the DP World Tour, transitioning over where 20, 25 guys are local guys. He should be able to compete. Um, and his average driving distance is higher in terms of what the Mexican Tour brings than anything else. So at 6,400, I mean, he's an option. Um, I don't hate it. Yeah, um, there, there's a few options here that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with for me. Um, if you want, you know, Taylor Pendrith and Cam Champ, but over $2,000 cheaper, go Joseph Bramlett at 6,800. I think he is, again, a, a similar version of those other two. He's top 60 in tour and strokes gained off the tee and driving distance, top uh, 49th in strokes gained putting. Again, he's just a cheaper carbon copy of the other two, in my opinion. Um, and I'd feel much more comfortable getting to his price as your you know fifth, sixth guy as opposed to dealing with the other two. And, and, and that way, if you miss a cut, you're missing a cut on your lowest price guy, potentially. Yeah. I think that, I think that's the option to go through here. Um, Joe Highsmith, he's the, uh, oh my gosh, who's the distance guy we've given so much grief to over the years. Brandon Matthews. Yes. He is Brandon Matthews light. Um, he's got plenty of distance. You can try and dig into his PGA tour profile list, but it's not really there all that much. Uh, there's not a lot of information on him. Just for reference, some of these guys in the field are not even registered with the OWGR. That is the kind of field we're dealing with. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Um, so yeah, Highsmith is at Brandon Matthews light at 6,600. Um, I'm going to mention just some of these rookies again, because I think there's more upside with them as opposed to some of the other just crappy options that are around. Um, ben Coles is an interesting choice. He's missed his last two cuts, but he started out well at the RSM. It's it's not the worst option. And again, he's got the distance. Um, Adrian Dumont Cesaret, which you mentioned previously, he started out slow, but has actually made his last two cuts. Uh, which is extreme, extremely promising on that front. Um, so we love that. He's also top. Adrian's a bit of an interesting character too, because he's top 40 in driving distance and total driving. Um, again, he's a risk, but especially at a cheap price like this, I think 
he's he's worth a flyer if you're stuck down here as opposed to some of the other options. Um, and then I was looking for one more rookie. Is he in the yeah, five? Yeah, I could range? talk about um, Davis oh, yeah. Riley is in this yep. category too. Um, he's one of those guys. If you take a look last year, his number he was like the number one guy for birdies on tour. So like Liam had said earlier, this event's gonna get to well over twenty over or twenty under. Yeah. That's a guy that can really put it out there. And if anybody's interested, um, Cristobal um, Del Solar is the guy that shot 57 at that Corn Ferry Tour event. Um, he is in this event. So if you want somebody to look for and root for, because you saw him on Instagram and everybody in the world talked about him, there's another guy right there. Yeah, it's a, it's a valid option. Last guy I'll mention, again, he doesn't really fit this course all too well. Um, but he's been around tours so long that he's he's got a good chance of still squeaking a cut. Uh, Francesco Molinari at 6,100 is, is an interesting option. Again, the biggest challenge is the guy does not have the driving distance to succeed here. Um, so that is going to be a bit of a, a bit of a small red flag. Um, but he's definitely got the skills to overcome it. Otherwise, again, I like other options better, but if you're sitting there and you're like, I don't want to play a rookie, I would rather play somebody old who's been on tour for a while. He's probably one of your best options in this range. He knows how to get it done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Are we going to dig into this uh, into this 5K range here? Well, let me tell you. You want a diamond in the rough, Liam? Yeah. Let's His talk. name is Sebastian Vasquez. Ooh. He is 5,100. <laughs> 5,100. Okay. Um, he's made one start in the PGA Tour in the calendar, uh, or the last calendar year. He finished 38th at the WWTC. In his last 10 starts, he's finished top 40 in seven of those. And in those seven, four are top 10s. So this kid can score. He can finish. Um, Putting is not his strong suit, and that doesn't matter here. Um, If you're looking to maximize your profit and find a diamond in the rough 5,100, spoiler alert, I might have top-loaded my lineup coming up. (laughs) 5,100 for this kid is a steal. Um, and I am playing this drastically. I, I want you to know, I just pulled up his, his profile on DraftKings. He might look 17 years old, and that might be generous. <laughs> but he he looks extremely young, and that's okay. But uh, that is kind of funny. Um, I'm going to start off at 5,800, I want to say. Fred Biondi. Um, is the is the first guy I'm going to talk about. He was tied 13th at Bermuda in November. T23 at RSM. Um, he also had two more top 20s on the Corn Ferry Tour, one in Panama, one in the Bahamas. Um, if you're keeping track there, I just named basically four coastal slash Caribbean style courses. With weaker it's, fields. With weaker fields. Um, and again, he's 5,800. So it, he's a rookie. Um, do I think he's going to win? No, but is he somebody that I think could make the cut? Um, especially considering he was the collegiate national champion last year. I think it's a valid option if you want to get to Fred Biondi at 5,800. Um, let's see. Who else did I like? I'm going to mention Callum Tarrant. He hasn't been playing well at all. Um, if you look at his PGA Tour profile, you might gag a little bit, depending on what you see. Um, but he's top 20 on tour in driving distance and total driving. He hasn't made a cut on tour yet this season. Um, no, but that's why you should pick him, guys. That's why you listen to Turd Dog Golf Podcast. But, but, but again, at 5,600, 
if there's any course he's going to make a cut at, it's going to be one that's purely driving distance, which is what he's looking at this week. His biggest weakness is driving accuracy. He has the ability to avoid that this week. Um, the last guy I'm going to mention is James Hahn at 5,300. You're going to pick somebody else. No, who, who are you thinking I was going with? Mustache man, 5,900. Chandler Phillips. I thought about going Phillips, but he doesn't fit this course perfectly. He doesn't fit it very well, unfortunately. I, I Again, Chandler Phillips, if you don't know, I, I had him, geez, was that three, four weeks ago now? I threw him in at the bottom of the lineup. I think he was like close to minimum price, and he, he made me some nice money that week, so I probably owe him a, owe him a play at some point or another. But no, I'm going to go James Hahn at 5,300. Um, he's 42nd in strokes gained off the tee, 29th in total driving, and 31st in driving accuracy. Don't look at his putting. He, I think, bottom 10 on tour. Um, it showed like 187th, I want to say, on, on the uh, PGA Tour. So it's not pretty. Um, but again, he's got the other metrics that could fit this course really well. And at $5,300, um, there's not going to be a lot of other cheap options. Uh, one one thing I will say another as well, another guy at 5,300, Rico Hoye. Uh, I don't know if you remember him, but I want to say at the American Express, he went out the, on Thursday, shot a 63, was top five, um, and then ended up missing the cut by shooting even par and two over on Friday and Saturday. <laughs> so, so it is ugly, um, but... Play that as your top 10 uh, first round later and then call it a day. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, Rico could be a potentially interesting top 10, like, like, you know, top 20 first round. If you're making a Thursday only lineup or, you know, whatnot, you could do that. So Rico Hoye, 5,300. That would be, that would be your guy to look for. So Liam said it, not me. Hey, I'm not telling you to play him. I'm just letting you know that he (laughs) he was like tied for the lead or in like top five at the Amex before he decided just to not hit a golf ball again for the rest of the weekend. And let me just say, for anyone that's new here for this week that was just trying to gain an edge, normally this is the range, the last two ranges we spend the most time on trying to find your diamonds in the rough. This is a rough one. A lot of rookies, a lot of Corn Ferry, a lot of Champions Tour, and a lot of local golfers from the Mexican and Spain Tour will come on this event. Not a lot of history. Um, And if there is history, it's not comparable to the PGA Tour guys. So a ton of information available that does not apply. Um, So that's why we're only picking a couple guys to really highlight that stand out versus, you know, they may in the news talk about this guy being a rookie and coming up and all this stuff. We're more information-based than storyline. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I don't think anybody has to be talked into playing Tony Finau this week. Um, you're either going to play him or you're not. Um, but, you know, Sebastian Vasquez, who Jack talked about, you you might not know a single thing about him. And you might be like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe now I'll look his way a little bit more. Or James Hahn, you know what? I needed somebody cheap, so... James Hahn's an option. Joseph Bramlett, some of those guys that you, you know, to yeah. fill out the rest of your lineups. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, into the DraftKings lineups we go. Well, let's do it. Um, <laughs> Thorbjorn Olison, 10,300 to start my lineup. I went pretty, pretty top heavy. Um, the GOAT Keith Mitchell, 9,900. Rio Hisasune, 9,200. Gim Reaper, 8,800. Jorge Campillo, 6,400. And Sebastian Vasquez, Fifty one hundred dollars. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. 
that starting with thorn girl olsen scares the bejesus out of me personally i get it ready for my fan duel then i i get it but i that is going to be an interesting lineup though i'm i'm curious slash excited how that goes for you um for my giraffe kings lineup i'm starting with tony finau at twelve thousand. um second give me brandon wu at 9100 third give me jake knapp at 8700 fourth give me maverick mcneely at 8100 Fifth, give me Joseph Bramlett at 6,800, and last but not least, give me James Hahn at 5,300. It's a uh, it's tough week, but again, I feel pretty nice about those other five guys. All things considered. Yeah. Well, my Fanduel lineup it's gonna it's very different, very different. Mm. Dorbjorn Olson, Keith Mitchell. Okay. Uh, I did sneak in Taylor Pendrith in there at 10,800. Mm. Rio Hisasune. I went Doug Gim again. And my guy, Sebastian Vasquez, to round us off. So I kind of normally I try to split a lot of guys up and I'm trying to make one or the other. I just I want safety play this week. I'm either winning them both or losing them both. Might not be the best method, but I pick guys that I feel structurally are really good. Um, and I think that'll maximize my opportunities this week. That that's usually the way I I go about it. So you're kind of pulling the the Liam strategy there, and and you know you got you got three or four guys that are all they're gonna fit in both lineups, which is gonna yeah. either make or break things a lot easier for you. Um, as far as my FanDuel lineup goes, I'm starting again. Tony Finau, twelve thousand three hundred. Uh, second, give me Brandon Wu at ten thousand five hundred. Third, give me Jake Knapp at ten thousand three hundred. Fourth, give me Davis Thompson at ninety nine hundred. Fifth, give me Maverick McNeely at 9,400. And sixth, give me Adrian Dumont de Cesaret at 7,700. So, again, feel really great about those top five. If that sixth guy just makes a cut, I'm going to be pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I don't hate it, that's for sure. Um, I think Maverick McNeely is the only one I'm really scared of. And maybe Jake Knapp a little bit. But yeah. that's more of a storyline thing that I've heard, not necessarily performance-based. So there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but that's definitely a boomer bust lineup right there. Yeah, it's um, it, I th- again, I think Mavericks mispriced, so I I feel a little better about that. I think uh, Adrian scares me a little bit. I mean, Davis Thompson honestly is the biggest one there where I thought about switching off of him, but I think I just have to to accept it and 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 yeah. hope that these guys these guys play well. I get that. So all right, into bets. Yes, please. I, uh, you know, I talked about not the greatest event, not the greatest field, you know, you know, kind of, I, I only have 10 bets. So a lot of guys are going to be similar, but I have a little bit more information for you for those who stuck around. Uh, number one, Thornbjorn Olsen, top 40. Again, these are odds come out Monday. They may fluctuate. They may get higher. They may get lower. Um, you'll find my end of the week best bets on Twitter and social. So go check that out. Uh, Thornborn top 40 minus 175. Like I said, OWGR 59, number three in the field. The last time he played, he won and he won by six shots and he shot 27 under. This kid can <laughs> score. Um, in this, in that top 40 mark, he's hit this worldwide um, in his last eight starts. The only one he missed was a withdrawal um, in that ninth. Um, he, and he's had five top tens in his last seven events. Um, gaining 1.56 shots on average on the field. Guy's a baller. Guy's a monster. He can score. Top 40 should be really good. Uh, Keith Mitchell, top 40. That is minus 160. Like I said earlier, leading the uh, PGA Tour in strokes gain. Kind of left a part out on accident when he makes the cut. 
Um, that was an accidental miss hit. Um, but he's hit this in three of five events on 2024. The ones he missed were courses that did not fit his mold in the entirety, and he just played them. Um, this is by far the weakest field on tour. Um, and he's fourth off the tee and number four in approach on 200 yards plus. So he's going to probably be very few and far between on those 200 yard plus with his distance, but it's there. Uh, Rio Hisasune, top 42 in ties. He was on a tear prior to getting to waste management, kind of one hiccup. It is what it is, kind of what we said about Eric Cole. But he hit 42 or better in nine straight. And he's averaging a placement in 16.5 in those nine events. So incredible placement. Yeah. Re- re- one of the reasons, too, that Rio didn't play as well waste management, he was also on that side of the weather, too, that that, that sucked. Yeah. Um, so, again, you kind of have to, to wash that out of your memory and realize that, again, there's no there's no weather challenges in Puerto Vallarta this week. We'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and all of his numbers in terms of drive distance and approach are pretty average you on tour, but in a field like this, now it's above average. So yeah. I envision 42 shouldn't be an issue. My uh, favorite bet of the week, Sebastian Vasquez, top 40, plus 375. Should that be a wild card? Yeah. Is it my real bet? Yeah. So like I said, um, 38th at the WWTC um, in the last PGA Tour start, um, this kid can score. He really can um, in his last seven start or last 10 starts hit top 40 and seven in those seven, four top tens. So 40% of your starts in the last 10 are top tens. This kid can score. Um, and if you're playing against a half PGA tour field, I think that cuts out a lot of guys. Um, in reality, if he makes the cut, I'm happy because that's my DFS play. But if he finishes 39th, cha-ching Jorge Campillo, um, top 40 is plus 175. Like I said earlier, 109 on the OWGR, and he's played five events in 2024 already, so he's active. Um, he set top 40 in three out of five, including a fifth place at the Qatar Masters. Um, pretty good driving distance, all things considered. Not necessarily required in a lot of these Mexican Tour events, um, but he's also played a ton on the DP World Tour, so he's used to this elevated competition, which I think is really nice. Uh, Doug Gim, 42 and ties are better. He is a streaky golfer, but his last two starts are T12 and T13, coming into it with form. Um, yeah, he placed 33rd here in 2022. He's 11th in strokes gained total, um, and then 6th from T to green. He's 29th in bogey avoidance, not necessarily the biggest factor in here, but when you're playing a lot of par 4s that are 450 plus, if you can get a par on a lot of those, you're in good shape. Uh, Nikolai Hoyard, top 30, minus 143, finished 33rd last year. But this is a way better field than it was, and he's a way better golfer than he is. Uh, a second highest OWGR in the field. He said top 30 in five of his last seven events. His only miss was 31 and 37. Guys in play every single time. He's above average in all distance and strokes gain measures, and he's number two on tour in 175 yard striker. Taylor Pendrith, top 40. Uh, that's minus 175, looking for just a bankroll builder. Um, he's either going to be a miscut or he's going to be a top 15. I probably should have done him at like top 20 and called it a day. Yep. Uh, but he's fifth in strokes gain total on tour with six miscuts. So when this guy's on, he is on. Um, he's seventh in approach from 175 and up, and he was 30th last year. So if he replicates it, I'm happy. Um, D-Tree, top 40, a guy that you mentioned a little bit earlier, 67th OWGR. He's hit top 40 in his last three events and four in the last five. He's looked really competitive in his last three. This could be a field that really gets him over the hump. 
He's yep. 39th in driving distance and fourth in total driving, 47th in strokes gain total, and uh, only lacks a little bit of chipping. So it's not really a big deal. Um, and I think with this weather, he's going to really gain a little bit of advantage. And last but not least, Sam Stevens, top 40, plus 225. Uh, like we talked about, made the cut in four four events in 2024. Talked a little bit of his approach and driver game. But here's a little bit of information on the comp course history that he has over the last two years. He finished second in San Antonio last year, third in Corrales in 2023, 15th at Grand Reserve in 2023, and this year he finished 28th at TPC Scottsdale and 24th at Craig Ranch. So top 40 at 225, that is about as good as you're going to find anywhere. I'm I'm surprised that you that you like Sam Stevens. I know I've been a, a bit of a fan of his the last couple of months, so it's nice to see that uh, you can you can rely on him this week as opposed to me. I could just hang back and hope he does decently. Yeah, for once I took your guy versus you taking mine. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of research here, just double checking something for later. I wanted to wanted to make sure my math was right, and and I'll get I'll get to it in a little bit. But uh, you have some interesting bets. I have six bets. None of our uh, none of our bets overlap this week. Sixteen just, bets and no overlap in this field <laughs> is criminal, which is crazy. Yeah. Um. My first bet is Jake Knapp over Eric Van Rien at plus one hundred. Um. Again, I just have the the Jake Knapp train rolling. Um. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know he's been playing well. I'm gonna keep it going until he doesn't have it anymore. Um. I have Brandon Wu top forty at minus one forty. Again, this guy has finished second and third here. Respectfully, I'm comfortable giving him. 37 spots of leeway from that third place uh, for him to finish this year. Uh, my next bet is uh, two guys that we didn't really talk about a ton, but SH Kim over KH Lee. Um, SH Kim is an elite driver of the golf ball. KH Lee is not. Um, this is not his. This is not his style of course. Um, so I'm comfortable betting on the guy who really kind of fits the mold of this way better at minus 125. Um, I have Maverick McNeely, top 40 at plus 100. Um, I have Ryan Fox over Harrison Endicott and Aaron Baddeley at minus 105. Again, I think it's known commodity Ryan Fox over two it's, guys. Yeah, it's going to be Ryan Fox versus Harrison Endicott. Aaron Baddeley's not playing a factor here. Basically, yeah. I mean, with all respect to Aaron Baddeley, we love him, but the guy is known for being a putter, um, and this is not really the course that is going to fit into his wheelhouse. Um, so I'm comfortable basically getting even odds for for Ryan Fox over Harrison Endicott, personally. Um, my last one is Paul Barjan over Victor Perez. Now, you might sit there and be like, you guys didn't mention either of those guys. Uh, both of them have sucked so far to start the season. Basically, is the best way to say it. Um, Paul Barjan is one for three on making the cut. Victor Perez is 0 for three on making the cut. But... One of these guys fits the course a thousand times more than the other, and he's also got plus odds on sports books. Um, to put it in comparison, Paul Barjan is top 30 in driving distance and 15th on tour with approach from 175 yards plus. Victor Perez is 183rd on tour in driving distance. Driving distance is not his cup of tea. Um, again, I'm getting plus money on that. I know that they're both not, you know, elite level golfers, but that is a chance I'm willing to take just based on the numbers alone. Yeah. So. I don't hate that one, but. Yeah, those are my six. Uh, I know that the one that probably scares you the most is nap over EVR. Uh, You don't even have to say it out loud. I could just read your, your facial expressions on those. Uh, But again, I have, I I have a good feeling. I'm going to keep on rolling with nap until, uh, 
until he stops playing well, basically. Yeah, you got to hope EVR play. I don't think Nap's going to play bad, so I'm interested why you didn't necessarily go for a placement. But his, you know what? Even money. His placement wasn't that good. I mean, mm. his top four, his top 40 odds were like minus 165. Like, I would, uh, hey, I think I have a minus 175. I got a couple of them in here. I I, I think I like I I got his minus I got his top 30 odds at like minus 105. And I could get him over EVR at plus 100. Gotcha. So the, the the fact that I can get better odds in a matchup as opposed to just betting him top 30 um, was something where I was like, hey, you know what? Like, I don't love EVR this week over the moon. Um, so I'm going to take the chance on the Jake Knapp over EVR matchup. I'll trust you. Yeah. Um, all right. We going winners first or wildcard picks? No, nah, let's go wildcard. I smacked one last week. Go for it. You first. I'm going Nate Lashley miscut. Oh, so one guy, one guy in the entire field. I said, don't play. I mean, outside of like a Charlie Hoffman, but yeah. he does not fit this mold. He fits a mold where it's position play. He fits a mold where it's getting on the green and putt. And we're looking at a minus 24 finish, which you take that. That's a probably a five or a six under cut. Yep. He's going to be close to that line. He was one of like the top 15 guys on sports books. But he's going to be close to that cut line, I think. And I, I'm really predicting he's going to be on the flop. I'm curious both – well, I, his odds at plus 175 are good. I'm also curious on Charlie Hoffman's odds for making the cut – or for missing That'll the cut. That'll probably be out Wednesday night. Unfortunately, yeah. it's a lot of miscut um, and stuff like that. We record on Monday evening where odds are being put up for the next 48 hours. So we're kind of in the loop here. Yeah, I think Char- uh, Charlie Hoffman miscut number would be an interesting number to keep, in mind. keep an eye on, though. 10, probably even money. Really? Really? I think you think even money? Well, all right, maybe I'm a little less high on that than I thought. I thought the odds would be a little better. Well, it could be a trap bet. So what they're saying is, you know, everybody that's casual has seen Charlie Hoffman, and they're going to give you plus 105 that he makes the cut. A lot of people are going to take that. Yeah, that's true. They're smart. Uh, that makes sense. All right. Well, for my wild card pick, again, I'm picking a guy who who has not played well, but again, this is the course he would. Give me Callum Terran, top 40 at plus 200. So there's a reason why it's a wild card bet. Do I feel uber confident in it? No. But I think that, again, if he's going to play well anywhere, it's here. Guy literally only does good with a driver. So that he, he's going to be my wild card pick for the week to keep an eye on. Awesome. And then we'll jump into winners. The GOAT, Keith Mitchell. When he's Ooh. on, he's on. Puttering is not going to be a factor this week unless it's for lags on your eagle chances. Um, but this guy's a baller. When he is on his game, he is on his game. I almost went Thornbjorn Olsson because there's no way we're getting that three more times this year. Um, <laughs> but Keith Mitchell, I think, really, really fits the mold here. Um, and then I went Davis Riley. Only time I'm ever going to use him is the Zurich Classic and maybe here. He's got the ability to go deep in the birdie range. Um, and I'm kind of finding that Davis Riley in some of these weird events is probably going to finish in the leaderboard or scratch that 52nd place. So I might as well throw him in here, call it a day on my three ball and leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, I love Keith Mitchell. I think he's one of the, the better options. I'm a little surprised you didn't go uh, Hoyard personally. I figured that would have been. Well, Hoyard's name. a little bit high for a second guy. Well, I was talking to your first guy. I figured you'd be you'd be extremely high on him this week, but I think you already used him uh, yeah. once. Maybe I don't know. Hoyard for me, I don't think he's gonna win this week. Um, he's got that little three quarter bunt swing, and I yeah. think a lot of these guys are gonna finish on the leaderboard, especially top five are gonna separate themselves with hitting a seven iron instead of a five iron. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Um, all right, for my winner's picks, I've had this first guy written down on here for three weeks. Uh, ba- basically, the moment I knew that he was going to play in this tournament, I chose him as a winner. Um, I had a futures bet on him initially when he first said he was going to play this event at uh, at uh, 12 to 1. So yeah, Tony rejected joining Liv. Exactly. Tony Finau is my first winner's pick. Um, I love him this week. If you don't use him this week, you're probably using him again in like Detroit or in the 3M up in Minneapolis, maybe if he plays there. Uh, one of those couple of events that that he usually plays good at every year. But again, this field is so weak. I totally get going to Tony Finau. Um, the other option is if you want a guy at over 100 to 1 odds, which again has hit most weeks out of the, of the year, Joseph Bramlett is exactly 100 to 1 odds. Uh, I don't hate that choice. And again, this is the kind of course that would fit Joseph Bramlett molds. Um, and I have a gut feeling it could be a bit of, bit of a spike week for him here. Hey, I like it. It's going to be an interesting week. Again, tee times are going to be very adjusted, so watch out for your calendar. Um, Hopefully, guys, if you guys are listening on Spotify um, or any form of podcast, this is a video podcast on some other platforms now. So if you wanted to check out what we look like or what we're interested in, that'll be on socials and YouTube as well. Um, And if you got this far, we would really appreciate it. It takes five seconds. We don't ask for anything. Leave a comment. You know, did you like the podcast? Leave us a review. Let us know what you want to see or anything like that. We really do appreciate it. And then throughout the week, obviously, check out our socials. We'll get you some extra bets and some more content. Yeah, five stars is appreciated, too. Ideally, don't leave us a comment and give us one star. But uh, but I but I get it. No worries. Um, all right. We will leave you guys here with the Mexico Open of Vedanta. Unfortunately, we cannot go down to this tournament. I would love to uh, personally hang out in Mexico for the week, especially, you know, with the fun weather everybody's been having over here in the States. Um, but unfortunately that's not the case. We will see you guys next week at the no longer Honda classic. It is not the, the worst cl- event title in history. <laughs> the classic at the Palm beaches. Oh, no, wow. it's called the cognizant classic. Is that what it is now? Okay. I think I have the old oh. name of it. I have, I have the classic at the Palm beaches, but the cognizant classic. Oh boy. That's uh the cognizant classic in the Palm beaches. You're an idiot. First of all, gosh, darn it. PGA Uh, tour. And anyways, guys, we will leave you there. Let's go out. Let's have a good week and let's win some money. Deuces. Deuces.